It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, friends? Welcome to another edition of the Locked on Panthers podcast brought to you by our friends at Pepsi. I want to remind you that thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or even overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, of course, but Pepsi is always here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch, because Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because it's, Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it is made for those who watch it. Pepsi is made for football watching, remember to go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football content from Pepsi. What's up, friends? Billy Rossetti of SI Panthers, 4 for 4 football, all kinds of good stuff. Coming at you on a tough Monday edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast following a heartbreaking loss in Week 12 to the Minnesota Vikings. So we certainly have a lot to talk about here in terms of just what the heck happened in the second half and just trying to put into words... um, the feeling right now or you know what the what the team could be feeling what the fans could be feeling as the the team now enters their bye week you know so it's it's a tough spot obviously and we'll we'll try to we'll try to summarize everything and try to make light you know or make good of the situation and try to go forward so we've definitely got a lot a lot to get to today here on the podcast. So glad you're tuning in here. Um, as always, of course, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Follow me. Uh, follow me there. Follow the podcast wherever you get your listening pleasure. A lot of good stuff there. So a uh, lot to get to today. So let's uh, let's tr- try to jump into this here and uh, try not to get too, too upset, I guess, as it were. But uh, here we are. The Carolina Panthers lose a heartbreaker in Week 12, falling to the Minnesota Vikings 28-27, to blowing an 11-point lead with 11 and a half minutes to play, and it's just a gut punch going into their bye week. So between that and hopefully we'll have some updates on some of the injuries to the Panthers, particularly DJ Moore. We'll try to get into that. But, you know, this was this was obviously a, a tough one for the Panthers. There, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you go from feeling absolutely good from, like, between the second and third quarter and a little bit of the fourth quarter. I mean, you know, the, one of the first positives was that Robbie Anderson – Finally found the end zone for just the second time this season. Robbie Anderson scores a touchdown. The other, the first one, of course, came way back in week one. That 75-yard touchdown against the Raiders. This time he gets a 41-yard touchdown pass 
uh, late in the late in the second quarter to tie the game at seven. So, you know, we know Robbie Anderson, and it was a great play too. He just flat out burned the defense there. He just used his incredible speed to just get open across the, you know, as he's dragging across the field, and then he just sprints to the end zone. So that was just pure speed on the part of Robbie Anderson. So it was really nice to see him get back involved here. But, but I mean, you certainly wish he would have gotten more touchdowns throughout the season. But nice to get him back involved here. That tied the game at seven. And then, boy, that's the, the start of the second half. I mean, it, it couldn't have gone any better for the Carolina Panthers. Jeremy Chin with back-to-back fumble returns on back-to-back plays, too, which was absolutely incredible. Um, and the funny thing is, if you if you guys were watching the broadcast yesterday on Fox, or if you guys, you know, for some of you that may have missed the broadcast on Fox, it was funny. Uh, Jeremy Chin had the first fumble return, so they kicked the ball off Minnesota starting their second possession. And Kenny Albert's kind of getting into story time, talking about his his uncle, Steve Atwater, and you know, starting to compare like the number of touchdowns. And then right as they're in the middle of the story, and right as that first play's running, um, you know, Dalvin Cook up the middle, and you see that big scrum, all of a sudden the ball pops out, and there goes Jeremy Chin into the end zone for his second straight touchdown. Even Jonathan Jonathan Vilma's like, oh wait a minute, we got a we got a return here. Whistle wasn't blown. It was just a, a a crazy sequence of events, but it was really really fun to see. And then on the next drive, they kind of you know, changed up the story, I guess, because of the touchdown. And now Jeremy Chin already has one more touchdown in his career than his Hall of Fame uncle did. So that was quite the the sequence of events there in the third quarter. But, man, then that fourth quarter came and things started to fall apart a little bit. And you felt, you know, you felt good throughout the second half because the offense was starting to click a little bit more. You know, we, we know that the team... The offense had their struggles in the first half. Teddy Bridgewater really wasn't himself, and overall, Teddy Teddy really wasn't himself. But as the game kind of wore on, and as you kind of went through the second half, you started to see, you know, you saw improvements, and things, like I said, started to click a little bit more. You felt better about the, uh, the team's chances of winning. And then, you know, they're holding the lead through the fourth quarter. And then, the you know, the, the Vikings, of course, are making making that bit of a comeback. They, you know, score the touchdown and get the two-point conversion with about five and a half to play, get to within three, and then, uh, you know, kick it off to the Panthers. Then the Panthers have to punt it away. But then that's when you really thought that the Panthers had this. I mean, the Panthers... Of course, punt the ball, and um, of course, Chad B- Chad Beebe muffs the punt, and the Panthers recover, and you're thinking, wow, the Panthers probably <laughs> probably have a shot at this. You know, they have the ball now inside the 10, and it's just outside the two-minute warning. Obviously, they couldn't run the ball out, but you felt, you started to feel really good about the Panthers' chances of winning that game, but then they were held to a field goal uh, to go up by... Uh, to go up by six at uh, 27-21. And then, boy, Kirk Cousins just started clicking. I mean, I, I don't know what happened on that on that last drive, but Kirk Cousins was just 
red hot. You know, he didn't miss a completion until toward the end of the drive. Really, the play before the the touchdown, I think, was the only interception Kirk Cousins had in that game. And then it was redemption for Chad Beebe, who basically just cut right in front of Corn Elder. Elder looked lost on that play, and uh, once Beebe got him on, I guess you can kind of say a bit of a double move there. Once he got him on there, that was all she wrote. And then, um, you know, the Panthers, of course, did have a shot. They drove the field, got themselves in the field goal range. And then Joey Sly comes out for a 53-yard field goal. You're probably still feeling good because we know Sly has the leg for it. But, oof. It just, yeah, we, we, we know what happened at this point. He completely shanked the field goal. And it became a heartbreak hotel as the Panthers lose 28-21. to So that's now their sixth loss in the last seven games. You know, we, we know once upon a time this team was sitting at 3-2 and two on the season. They were over 500. Thought they had a shot to maybe string some wins together and uh, make a playoff run. That obviously is now... Not going to happen. They are now four and eight, and of course they are now eliminated. For, you know, not that we expected them to to be in the race, but they are now officially eliminated from division contention. You know, we'll we'll touch on the playoff standings. They are kind of still in there a little bit, but you know, when we also look at the standings too, we'll see that this is a big loss in terms of the the playoff race. So we'll get into that. We'll dive into some of the numbers here and uh, kind of start looking ahead to really now the <laughs> toward the end of the season, I guess, because we're down to the final four games already with the bye week finally here. But before we get into all that, of course, I want to take a quick moment to thank one of our great sponsors, our friends over at Echelon, and we are introducing Echelon Fit the evolution of fitness. And you know from listening to show or listening to the show that you know I've been of course wanting to stay in shape whatnot and and echelon listen I even work at a retail store and we sell echelon. So you know this isn't just me saying the word echelon. I actually work at a sporting goods store that carries the product. So I know that it works and it's world class. Their instructors are incredible. They have thousands of live Uh, Our daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, and they're always available whenever you need them. So, you know, when it comes to staying in shape, of course, nothing feels good as that feeling of accomplishment, hitting your fitness goals, and feeling great about yourself. And Echelon can get you there with their next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. So no matter what your favorite fitness activity Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. And again, they're world-class instructors, always there for you when you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership can let you get up to five family members that all work out at the same time. So right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. All you got to do is just go to Echelon fit.com slash nfl so that's e-c-h-e-l-o-n and then the word fit f-i-t dot com slash nfl go check them out 
And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast here. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So looking at the numbers here now, you know, in, in what was a uh, a really up and down game, for, <laughs> to say the least, for the Carolina Panthers. Like we said, the offense, so-so. I mean, they they did end up totaling, you know, about 300, almost 380 yards. Teddy Teddy Bridgewater goes 19 of 36, 267 yards, one touchdown, but a bad interception though too. I mean, a, a killer interception in the red zone in the first half. That you know, that's just one of those things that you look back and you say, wow, you know, those because obviously a one point loss. And a red zone interception, who knows how the game could have changed uh, if that interception didn't happen or if the Panthers would have at least came away with a field goal there. So that was a killer interception, but he still came away with 267 in the air. Of course, the big story now, he did get banged up a little bit again on basically the last play uh, from scrimmage right, right before the field goal. We saw him kind of hobble a little bit. On that third down, or you know, the play right before the uh, the field goal attempt at the end of the game. So hopefully we'll get an update very soon on the status of Teddy Bridgewater. Again, fortunately, all these guys, of course, have time to rest because the Panthers are going into their bye week. So we'll see what happens with Teddy Bridgewater. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Hopefully he'll be out there uh, for Week 14 when the Panthers take on the Broncos. Uh, the running game was okay. You know, they totaled 107 yards on 28 carries, so a shade under four yards per carry. Uh, Mike Davis carried 15 times for 55 yards. Rodney Smith got in the action a little bit too, seeing seven carries for 18 yards. And then Trenton Cannon even saw three carries for 17 yards. Like I said, Robbie Anderson finally getting his first touchdown grab since week one. He had four catches, 94 yards, and that 41-yard touchdown grab. Curtis Samuel, five catches, 72 yards. DJ Moore, four catches for 61 yards. But, of course, the big story now with DJ Moore, what's going on with that ankle injury? At least that's what it's looking like it is. We know, of course, late in the game, Teddy threw a pass to uh, DJ in the end zone, and DJ landed awkwardly on the one foot, and he was down for a little bit. Actually had to be... Helped off the field. So hopefully it's not a serious injury. Again, like Teddy, hopefully we'll get more uh, more info in the coming days on DJ Moore. So, you know, fingers crossed for some, uh, for some good news there. And then Mike Davis, three catches, 24 yards. But, again, the passing defense for the Panthers really, uh, really crumbled again. Kirk Cousins ends up 34 of 45 for 307 yards and three touchdowns as the Panthers let four Vikings receivers each catch 
Seven passes, in- incredibly enough. B.C. Johnson actually led the way with 74 yards. Justin Jefferson had 70 yards, but of course he had two touchdowns. Kyle Rudolph, 68 yards on seven catches. And then Chad Beebe, of course, redeeming himself after the muffed punt, 63 yards. And what turned out to be the game-winning touchdown. So this uh, it's just another, another example of the Carolina defense not knowing how to close out game. Really, the Carolina team not knowing how to close out games, but particularly the defense, because we've obviously seen over the last couple of weeks, save for the Lions game, this defense is very young, and they are still learning how to hang on to leads. We're obviously not calling them the the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons yet. They're, they're certainly not at that level, but they've obviously had their issues in the second half over the last month. We saw it against the Chiefs. We saw it against the Buccaneers. And now we've seen it here against the Vikings. But remember, the Panthers are trailing. Unlike the Chiefs and the Buccaneers game, the Panthers were trailing going into the second half. But it was those two fumble returns for touchdowns that really shifted the game into their favor. And then all of a sudden, it's 21-10. to And then again, they had an 11-point lead with 11.5 to go. But they just couldn't slow down the uh, the passing offense. And the, the crazy thing, too, is that it's not like they got shredded. The the big worry for me, as as I said last week, was you know them getting shredded by Dalvin Cook because we we talked about the numbers that Dalvin Cook had. We talked about some of the games he had, and the worry that he could have another strong game against what's been one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. Well, the Panthers held the Vikings to under a hundred yards rushing as a team. Dalvin Cook only ended up with sixty one yards. On 18 carries. Now, remember, Dalvin Cook did miss some time during the game because he did have uh, a bit of an injury. I, th- I think it was a lower li- uh, lower body injury. But he came back onto the sideline, tested out a little bit, and he felt good, so he was able to get back out there. So he still ended up with 18 carries, but only had 64 yards. And then, again, the, the rest of the team, or the other two running backs, C.J. Hammond had just the one carry for 10 yards, and Alexander Madison had two carries for six yards. So... The Panthers actually outrushed as a team the Vikings. But it was the defense's inability once again to stop the pass and a quarterback like Kirk Cousins that did him in. And I mean, the, the Panthers got some pressure on the Vikings. They actually did sack Kirk Cousins twice in this game, so it's not like they weren't sacking him. It's not like they weren't putting pressure on him. But there was certainly a lack of pass rush or lack of pressure especially in the fourth quarter and then third downs once again uh kind of killed the Panthers both teams actually ended up six of 14 on fourth down but there were obviously some key fourth downs that the Vikings uh converted in the fourth quarter that really really kind of took the wind out of the Panthers sails and you know you, you just started feeling like the, the 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 game was shifting back into Minnesota's favor even though they were trailing for basically the entire second half save for you know the first minute and change of the third quarter and the last second of the fourth quarter it still f- never really felt like and it, it sucks to say but again 
with the, the recent history of the Panthers defense, even with the 11 point lead, you never felt like this game was completely in the back. You know, the, the, the most confident people probably, I'm sure fans probably felt was after the muffed punt, but the Panthers couldn't take full advantage of it. They obviously came away with three point, but they didn't come away with full, they didn't take full advantage of it. Obviously, some are going to argue now, should they have gone for the touchdown and try to ice the game? But the defense didn't do their job, and unfortunately, you know, that's how the game broke. And now the Panthers are sitting at 4-8, and eight, and their playoff hopes are all but dead. We'll look at where things stand now. Do the Panthers even have a shot, or should we just start completely focusing now on the draft but before we get into that uh, reminder um, of course there is not going to be a crossover week of course this week because there is no game this week so obviously we'll just kind of touch on you know we'll kind of recap things you know what's gone on so far in the in the first 12 weeks kind of play a little bit of catch up here and kind of set the table for the last four weeks of the season, you know, what, what can we expect? Um, and then start kind of looking ahead to the future. Uh, but also to want to give a shout out, of course, to our friends over at built bar, our old friends there, uh, always appreciate their support. Always love their product. So much, so much delicious, sir. (laughs) Excuse me. So much delicious, sir. Uh, than the old version. If you guys haven't tried Built Bar, I uh, highly suggest that you do because it is absolutely incredible. So many different flavors for you to choose from. A lot of different chocolate flavors. Peanut butter, banana bread, carrot cake, cookies and cream. So many different great flavors. There's pretty much a taste for just about everybody out there. And of course, these bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew. It's basically like eating a candy bar but getting the goodness of a protein and a health bar. So you don't have to worry about uh, all that extra non-good stuff, <laughs> I guess we'll say, because these things are great for a keto diet as well. I mean, for example, peanut butter bar only uh, has 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. So low in calorie, high in protein, all that good stuff that you look for in a protein bar, but all the goodness of a candy bar so don't take my word for it try it for yourself i promise you will enjoy these flavors go to builtbar.com right now use our promo code locked on and you will get 20 percent off your next order so again that is 20 percent, and that's not just a cyber monday thing that's the that's the deal from built bar just use promo code locked on and get 20 percent off at builtbar.com so we thank them as always for sponsoring the podcasts. So, this Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Let's take a look now at, you know, not that there is much to look at, but let's at least look at the standings and the draft order to kind of see where things stand for the Carolina Panthers, if there's really even any hope. So the loss now for the Panthers dropped them, of course, to 4-8. and eight. And like I said, they are now officially eliminated from division title contention because, of course, quick, quick math tells you that the Saints are already at nine wins after their win over the Broncos. The Panthers, of course, can now only max out at eight wins since they already have now eight losses. So, again, basic math tells you Carolina cannot catch New Orleans. Not that we expect them to, but it is now officially official. They cannot win the division. Wild card chase. It's the Rams at 7-4 and four after losing to the 49ers. The Buccaneers at 7-5 and five after losing to the, uh, to the Chiefs. And the Cardinals... At six and five after losing to the Patriots. So that at least was the one positive for at least those that are still holding out hope for the, the playoffs for the Panthers is that all three of the current wild cards all lost on Sunday. But then you look, of course, because really the Panthers, because actually in the playoff standings, the only team that the Panthers are ahead of are the Dallas Cowboys at three and eight. And in fact, when you look at the standings now, um, after the Cardinals, of course, you've got three teams sitting at five and six. The Vikings, the Bears, and the 49ers. The Panthers, of course, lose the head-to-head to two of those three teams now. They lost to the Vikings, and they lost to the Bears. And right now, they would lose the the, uh, the tiebreaker as well to the 49ers because the Niners have a better conference record at this point at three and five versus the three and six record that the Panthers have. So as much as we want to talk about playoffs, just to kind of think a little positive, uh, there's a lot of stuff going against the Panthers in terms of, you know, tiebreakers again, the teams they've lost to. And the fact that they have six conference losses already, which usually is a bad sign with some of these, uh, some of these playoff tiebreakers. Typically you see, Seven and five seems to be the average conference record when it comes to you know your wild card team. Sometimes six and six will do it, but it's uh, especially in this scenario, it's tough to overcome. They almost have to win out, and they obviously need a lot of help. But again, you know they do have the head to head over the Cardinals, but at this point, I would say that's the uh, that's really the only team they can catch because even with looking at the Rams at seven and four. Uh, the Panthers, of course, already have six conference losses. The Rams already have seven conference wins. So the Panthers can't even catch the Rams in terms of conference record. So they can't win that tiebreaker. The, the Rams are pretty much 
with with a seven and two conference record right now, the Rams are going to almost win any tiebreaker uh, in, in the wild card. So pretty much can't catch the Rams, and you really can't catch the Buccaneers either because they're three games back of the Buccaneers, and of course the Bucks swept the head to head against the Panthers, so that's locked in. So the Panthers would basically need the Buccaneers to lose out uh, to catch them. So really the o- the only team they're looking at. Uh, that they could possibly catch that's currently in the playoffs would be the Arizona Cardinals, who, again, they did beat in Week 4. So that is a help. But, again, what's balancing things out or really tilting more against their favor, they lost to the Vikings, they lost to the Bears, and they would currently lose the tiebreaker to the 49ers because the, Pan- or the, the Niners have one less conference loss than the Panthers do. And then, of course, it's the Lions at 4-7, and seven, who the Panthers beat. Washington at 4-7, and seven, who the Panthers play in Week 16. Uh, and then the Falcons at 4-7, and seven, though the, uh, the Falcons would beat out the Panthers as well because the Panthers have a worse division record than the Falcons. Falcons, <clears throat> excuse me, Falcons are only 1-2 and two in the division. Panthers, of course, are 1-4, and four, so... Basically, they lose a lot of tie. We're obviously not going to talk about the Eagles because of the tie. Uh, but basically, the Panthers have really no hope. We're not going to say all hope is gone. You know, we're going to hold. We're going to at least hold out a little bit of. We're going to think positive here because it's positive time, right? We always want to. We always want to think. But listen, I'm a, I'm a positive kind of guy. I always try to look at the, the the brighter side of things. So I'm just trying to cheer everybody up here. But realistically, yeah, the, the odds are uh, are very low. So really, we're going to go ahead now and look at where the Panthers stand in the draft scenario or the, the draft order because I know some of you fans are starting to look ahead to that as well. And the Panthers actually now are not that far away from a top five pick in the draft. They are actually currently sitting at uh, number six in the draft. And I'm going to do quick math here. I do not believe that. Um, actually, oh, so I'm sorry. Yes. So quick. So there's sixth at the moment, but that would probably drop to seventh if the expected result tonight happens, which is the Eagles lose to the Seahawks. But that would still at least put the uh, keep the Panthers uh, really, at the if <laughs> actually, funnily enough, an Eagles loss would put the Panthers at the exact draft position they had last season, and that is number seven. But in terms of you know how close they are to a top five pick, uh, Panthers of course are four and eight. Teams picking right now at four and five. That's the Cowboys and the Chargers are both three and eight. Remember, head to head does not come into play, so there's no. You know, it doesn't matter that the Panthers beat the Chargers in week three. It comes down to strength of schedule, and the Chargers have a much easier schedule than the Carolina Panthers, partly because, uh, I mean, you look at the divisions, uh, second place in the AFC West is six and five, and then, of course, the Broncos aren't that good. You look at the, the Panthers division, you've got a seven and five second place team, you know, the division leaders obviously kind of balance out a little bit, but then, um, you know, the, the chargers overall have just been playing, uh, much worse teams than the, uh, than the Panthers. So it's going to take, 
it's probably going to take the Panthers having a worse record than the Cowboys or the Chargers to get into the top five. But right now they're holding steady, at least with the top seven pick. And then you've got uh, five teams that are right behind them in the draft order with a slightly better record at four and seven. That's Washington, Detroit, Atlanta, Houston, whose pick, of course, would go to Miami, and then Denver. And, of course, as we know, Carolina plays Denver in week 13 or week 14. Both teams will probably be four and eight going into that game because Denver will probably get hammered. Even if they figure out their quarterback situation, they're probably going to lose next Sunday night against the Chiefs. So both teams there will be four and eight. So uh, that will definitely be an interesting game in terms of uh, draft prospects. Um, and then, of course, the Panthers still have Washington. So that'll be an interesting game for draft purposes. And then we know they have Green Bay. But at least at least the Panthers will get some primetime exposure. Remember, that is a, uh, for those that may have missed it, that is actually a Saturday night game in Week 15. That was, of course, one of the games we because we saw in the original schedule it was either Saturday or Sunday because that was one of the games that could have been moved to Saturday or, you know, I guess stayed on Sunday, but the NFL did decide to make that one of the two games, the other, I believe, being Bills-Broncos, uh, to be played on Saturday in Week 15, and it is going to give the Panthers at least a little bit more primetime exposure because that'll be an 8:15 kickoff. So again, that's Week 15, uh, 8:15 on the NFL Network, the Panthers against the Packers. But as for now, it's all about getting ready for the bye week. So at least it'll be a nice time to just you know chill out and relax a little bit. Like I said, we'll play a little catch up here and kind of start setting the table here for the final four games. So should be an interesting end of the uh, you know final quarter of the season as we start to wrap up yet another year uh, here at the uh, on the Lockdown Panthers podcast. It'll already be the end of my fourth season uh, being with this team on the podcast and fifth overall covering them. So it's crazy how time flies. So thank you as always for sticking with me. So I think that'll wrap it up for this edition. Uh, real quick reminder to hear from the network before we get out of here. Uh, we want to remind you guys, of course, that you don't want to miss the biggest stories from around the NFL as Monday's Locked On NFL host Peter Bukowski, who, speaking of the Panthers playing the Packers, I, of course, will be chatting with him in a couple weeks because he is the Locked On Packers coach. Or, yeah, coach. Well, sort of, I guess. <laughs> Locked On Packers host, but he, of course, is also the host of the Monday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. He interviews the local experts on the biggest stories from around the league. Big big wins, shocking endings, top performances, and unexpected developments. Get the in-depth analysis and insightful breakdowns from those in the know every Monday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, just, for, just for fun, we actually look uh, for funsies here, what you can expect actually on this specific edition of the Locked On NFL. He talks with, or it looks like he focuses on the Chiefs' big win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to move to 10-1. and one. The 
craziness that was the Denver Broncos having to play a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback against the Saints because of all their regular quarterbacks being out due to either having COVID-19 in the case of Jeff Driscoll or being close contact in the case of the other three. So he talks about that and talks about Derrick Henry's big day and the 49ers gutting out a win and more. So uh, a lot of good stuff to check out with Peter Bukowski. So go check him out on Monday's edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. So I am out of here. This has been the Monday edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Billy Rossetti signing off. Again, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Follow the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, all that stuff. We are there, and I hope you guys are too. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Wear your masks. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will see you soon. Until then, take care, my friends. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.